0: users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night How Live, we'll be hearing from Sean Ani of Technobuffalo.com. He'll be talking about privacy, about Facebook follies, the latest from Apple and Pop Culture. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Jeff Gamet, who recently departed the Mac Observer in an encore segment. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're happy to welcome back Sean Ani. He is the chief cook and bottle washer of Technobuffalo.com. Is that correct, sir?
1: Yes, that is.
0: Well, I brought him back because we needed some expertise for the holiday season. First about privacy. And then I wanted to pose a question to him based on a recent article I did for my site, but Let's talk about the privacy. All we're hearing about is Facebook and about all the things that are going on and apologies and demands for Mark Zuckerberg to step down. What's your feeling about all this?
1: The way I view all these social networks is that once you set up that account, you just have to expect that your privacy with anything you do with them is pretty much out the window. Facebook has definitely done some things that are not in the best interest of its users, but will Zuckerberg step down? I don't see him ever doing that. Now, will users start dropping away? Probably, I I know several people in my life that have stopped using Facebook, but when you have literally billions of users, what's a few protesting really gonna do to you?
0: Well, the question I have here is, is Facebook still growing? Are profits still good? And are people getting maybe a little bit tired of it?
1: Well, I think the answers there are, yes, it's still profitable. No, it's not still growing. And yes, I do think people are getting tired of it. I personally, unless it's work-related, I very rarely go on. I just have no super interest in seeing what the political views of the people I went to high school with are. That seems to be all anyone on Facebook posts about. Yes, people are getting tired of it, but it still seems to be a part of our lives because you have the commenting systems that are out there on sites. You have all the ways you can log into different services with your Facebook account. I think for people to get totally moved away from Facebook, we'll have to see that sort of stuff moving away as well.
0: Now, isn't it true, though, also that with any of these social networks, any of these services, nothing is forever?
1: Oh, that's definitely true. I mean, just look at MySpace. There was a time where that was going to be the king of the world. And I can't tell you the last time anyone even went to MySpace. Or you had Orcut, which was actually a product of Google's that was gigantic in Brazil, but nowhere else in the world. You had Bebo that was taking over the UK. Yes, those were all hot you know, social networks at the time. MySpace, yes, it still does technically exist. But Bebo and Orcut are gone. You know, Friendster, the almost the original. It's gone. Nothing is forever, and eventually we will change to some other hot new thing that comes along.
0: I wonder about Twitter, and I think the big thing about Twitter now is it's become a place where politicians can yell at one another.
1: Twitter is actually my favorite social network ever. I I use it daily. You know, I use it for news gathering. I use it to keep up with people. I it, it's my quick filter into the world. I think Twitter has, it's not so much a social network as it's just a way for people to stay connected in the truest sense. you know, I mainly follow news outlets, so I'm able to use it in that sense. I think Twitter may have a little bit more of a life to it because there's actually a use to it as opposed to Facebook being a place where you just go and say, hey, look what I did with my kids today.
0: Well, as far as Facebook is concerned, I use it primarily to promote my radio shows and occasionally have messages, share messages with people who don't use another service. And that's about it. And part of that is a result of the fact that AOL Instant Messenger, which at one time was integrated with Apple's messages, is no longer around. That's my original instant messaging app because I came out of AOL. So apple withdrew support in its messages for facebook what about you
1: yeah i'm the same way you know occasionally i'll reach out to somebody on there because that is the only way there is to reach out to them you know i can't believe that in 2018 we still have debates about oh well are you on whatsapp or are you on facebook messenger you know as far as i'm concerned texting was Invented to get rid of all instant messengers, pretty much unless it's work related, like you know promoting one of our websites, or I need to reach out to somebody. That's the only way there is to reach out to them. I just don't go on. You
0: see, part of it that bothers me here is that there ought to be interoperability. That's what I thought iChat was supposed to be. That we decide that we like a messaging app because we like the interface, the features. But you shouldn't have to go through all this nonsense and have to run several apps to communicate with different people. I mean, we have an SMS standard for smartphones. So why can't we have a standard for instant messaging that doesn't compromise security and doesn't put people in a position, well, if you use Apple, you use this. Maybe you like WhatsApp instead. My son uses WhatsApp. And then you use facebook messenger that's absurd
1: i completely agree we do have standards for text messaging we have standards for media messaging we have standards for the internet itself but for some reason we cannot agree on how we're going to just type silly messages to one another and i just don't understand why that is still a thing you're exactly right there was one point where we could bring every service together and we'd have one interface, and that seems to have fallen apart again. So maybe someday we'll have this chance to not have so many different ways to communicate, and maybe it'll just be a choice like, you know, say, with Android, you, know, you pick up a Samsung phone, and you have their interface, or you pick up an LG phone, and they have their interface, but the underlying code is the same. You can move the apps between the different types of phones. That's what we need with messaging. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I can't believe it hasn't happened already.
0: Well, part of the problem right now is that Apple and Facebook are loggerheads over privacy concerns.
1: Yes, exactly. And I do think that is part of it because it's a matter of how you're handling the data. And I don't think anyone is ever going to be 100 percent happy with the way company b handles it compared to the way company c handles it and again like you said that brings us back to the basic question about facebook and privacy you know i just don't understand why facebook you know they they keep getting in trouble and then they just find yet another way to make everyone feel uncomfortable you know it's like they don't learn a lesson from one part of the company to another
0: Well, this latest thing about hiring a company that did opposition research and it's involved with the liberal philanthropist George Soros, which the conservatives hate because they've made him into some kind of evil entity with the big horns and everything. But forgetting the politics of the situation here, what is that all about? Facebook should not be part of our political dialogue. It should just be a place where people get together our companies sell their products or announce things, but when it gets involved in the body politics, it becomes crazy.
1: Yeah, I agree. It, it's I, I don't understand. You, know, you have I'm sure you watched the the Facebook hearings, and it was so clear to me that it was like people are talking about Facebook. We should talk about Facebook. I have absolutely no clue how this works. And to see Mark Zuckerberg up there trying to explain the basic principles of how something works was kind of amazing.
0: So let's get into that in the next segment, because I have a few ideas about Mark Zuckerberg's testimony and, of course, the absurd questions that were asked by these members of Congress. We have Sean Ani of Technobuffalo.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. That means you're in the Tech Night Owl (laughs) Live.
2: That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot
3: com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, A-A-E-M-A-C-A-M-A-4-M of Nutramedical.com and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations for referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com That's nutrimedical.com or 888-212-8871.
5: Water is the single most
6: important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey clean water. The Berkey guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com
0: Sean, let's talk about those hearings. Now, one thing I noticed here, and that's Zuckerberg's fault. Almost every other question, he answered it this way. I'll have my people get back to you. As if he didn't have the answer to the question or didn't want to be technical. On the other side, the members of Congress were clueless. They didn't have aides technologically savvy enough to craft proper questions.
8: Yeah.
1: I really don't know what happened there. I watched a lot of it, and I finally got to the point where I couldn't watch any more of it because you would hear the same question, just worded slightly differently. And it seemed like nobody was, you know, Zuckerberg wasn't properly explaining it, but then the questions weren't properly worded. And it was like watching two people from different time periods of the world like somebody from the 19th century trying to talk to somebody from the 21st century and they had no point of reference that was pretty much how the entire hearings went there was just no point of reference for them to get together and i don't think anything was learned from those hearings
0: not in the least not in the least yeah it was really kind of absurd and i turned it off too but as i said i didn't think zuckerberg did very well
1: No, he didn't. And, you know, Saturday Night Live has had great fun uh, of how he is not a normal human boy, essentially. Uh, You know, they recently did a skit where he held his arms up in the midair, and he said that was because when he rehearsed this speech, there was a table in front of him. So that was all the only way he knew how to do this. And it's kind of true. He's like not a real boy. He doesn't have normal human emotions that was pretty clear during those senate hearings because he did not know how to speak to anyone that is not on the same intelligence level as him in these particular topics
0: mars venus intelligence levels and now of course we have more stories about facebook getting into the thick of it and i think someone ought to sit them down and say stay out of this nonsense, craft a proper privacy policy that people can read and understand when they join the service, and stop this nonsense. And it seems to me as if they're being dragged kicking and screaming into the next crisis.
1: Yeah, you're 100% correct. You know, they move from one crisis to the next because, like I said, that they get out of one jam and it's like, this other department of the company paid no attention to that and they're doing the exact same thing, but just in a slightly different way. And it's like this constant chasing of, no, we already told you you couldn't do that. Oh, well, we changed it. Well, no, it's still the same thing in its core.
0: The right hand and the left hand are having problems. That's corporate organization. Now we don't have this with Apple. Apple generally speaks with one voice. When you hear or read a story saying source is close to Apple, you know executives are doing a background briefing. They control the message. Microsoft is fairly good at that too, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are. And these are companies, though, that, you know, they definitely come out of a different generation. You know, I, I don't want to get into a whole, you know, millennials thing, but it, it, there's definitely a different corporate sense to these companies. These were companies founded in the 1970s. It was a very different corporate environment. And while they've grown up and they've changed over the years, they still have some of those core values from that time period. There definitely was a time where you want to make sure that a company spoke with one voice. Those two companies in particular seem to still be able to carry that through.
0: Compared to that, how does Google rate pretty much the same? I mean, we do hear A few things, some rogue elements there, but not that many.
1: In general, yes, they do speak with one voice. However, I've never seen a company that is more willing to start a new product and then kill it without much ceremony. And at those times, it does feel like there's something that there's something messy in the background that we don't quite understand. For instance, you know, there was a recent issue with Google Plus where there was a security concern over a few thousand accounts. Oh, well, we'll just shut the whole thing down. There was the modular phone they announced that, oh, we're not going to do that now. It's a Google Wave. Oh, we're going to kill that now. And so, yes, generally when they're speaking to the press, there's one voice. But you don't kill that many products so unceremoniously without there being some sort of messy background noise going on.
0: Does that mean that one day they may want to kill Android? Because they're not really making a lot of money off it. It's basically the searching and the ads.
1: With any Google product, I try not to get too attached to it. Because you never really know what they're thinking or what they're going to do. I think in the case of Android, because it's been kept open for the most part, that it could live on even without Google at this juncture so at this point it kind of feels good because you know yes they've got all these phone companies installing android and now they're running into some legal issues where they don't necessarily have to be able to bake in their products into it you know for instance you know it used to be that if you wanted to run android you had to have you know google search on there and all the other apps and now the european courts have come through and said no you can't do that And so now maybe Android won't be quite as attractive to them, but I still don't see them killing it anytime soon because so many phone companies are still just going to slap their apps into it.
0: Or spin it off as a separate division, maybe. I don't know.
1: That's always a possibility.
0: And keep things more closely attuned to Google. Speaking of which, interesting thing here, the argument with Apple and Google and Facebook about privacy, and then people bring up, well, what's the default search engine on all Apple gear? And how many billions of dollars does Google pay Apple to be there? So how can you rail against Google's privacy when you're making them the number one search engine? Tim Cook says, well, we have all these privacy things that we do. Kind of like, well, you caught me with my hands in the cookie jar. Here's my excuse.
1: Right. And that's definitely a situation where you you do kind of have to wonder, you know, there's what he said and there's what he said. And somewhere in between this is the truth. And if you're still sending data to Google servers, then it's still being collected by Google. And I highly doubt that that's a company that's allowing Apple to put any sort of filters on their hardware at the server side. So there's still data going through which means Google's collecting it. So I'm not quite sure how Cook thinks that they've got some sort of safeguards in place.
0: It sounds good. That's how it works. We've got more to come. Speaking of Apple, we'll get into some Apple stuff and maybe a little pop culture. There's a quiz on the Techno Buffalo site about the Marvel Universe. Tell me about this. Sean Ani. Editor in chief, chief cook and bottle washer, he sweeps the floors at technobuffalo.com. No, he doesn't sweep the floors. Or maybe you do when you're the big boss, you have to do everything. This is the Tech Night Now live?
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
10: Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com.
12: for usa radio news i'm wendy king a new government report on climate change has been released and the findings go against president trump's stance the white house report was quickly issued on black friday with critics saying the administration had made attempts to bury the report in the public eye and continued denying climate science the report frequently contradicts the president who has often questioned how much climate change is caused by humans, and said recently after seeing the California wildfires that he hasn't changed his mind on climate change.
13: No, I have a strong opinion. I want
12: great climate. We're going to have that. But the report from outside scientists and officials with 13 federal agencies warns wildfires and hurricanes are getting worse. It also details how global warming is hurting each U.S. region independently.
7: 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. With a recession ending,
6: if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size
15: and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800 965 1290
17: Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: So, let's... Do a little bit of Apple here, more of Apple. I see you got a review on the site where your reviewer just loved the iPhone XR. I didn't want to put it down.
1: You know, the XR was technically the XR, but we all call it the XR. Uh, (laughs) The R is an interesting phone in that it essentially is last year's phone just with a more affordable chassis. and. I think that's one thing Apple's going to have to realize is that, yes, it's great that you can make these beautiful phones like the 10s Plus or, you know, the 10 last year. But still, at the end of the day, you're going to have people that just simply cannot afford $1,000 for a phone. And if you want to be the big boy in the market, then by golly, you've got to make a phone that your average person can walk into a store and afford.
0: The pricing of the 10R or XR is in the same range as the last year's iPhone 8 Plus. The difference obviously is that it's got this year's processor, but it also has an LCD display and one camera instead of two and a few other things. It doesn't have 3D touch. Is that enough to make it $250 cheaper?
1: Well, I think it's it's the body as well, you know, the physical body and I still I would like to see something even slightly more you know lower priced. You know, 250 is a nice discount, but I still feel like it should be even down back down to like the $700 range. I mean, Apple is making products on such a scale that you can't tell me that they can't make a nice profit at
0: $700. You will see if there's resistance they might. Occasionally, they cut prices. Remember the first 5K iMac? And eventually, yes. it filtered down to the entire product line, and the prices remained the same. They never increased in price despite the display. Of course, the MacBook Pro and the new MacBook Air and the Mac Mini especially are much more expensive. But you wonder if Apple continues to meet resistance They're going to have to cut the prices remember services they make an awful awfully big profit margin on so they're making big profits if they're making big profits on services can't they afford to give us a break on the hardware
1: you would think so and i i think i'm glad you mentioned the mac mini because that was one of the biggest surprises to everybody this year the the price jump in the mac mini was just insane you know, you're buying a computer that has no monitor, no keyboard, no mouse, you know, it's just a computer. $799 is an awfully hard pill to swallow for that.
0: You go to the Customize box at Apple's (laughs) site, it's over $4,000 with 64 gigabytes of memory, I think. I think that's the maximum. You can also get a two terabyte solid state drive, which Apple offers at twice the price of anybody else. You add everything there, better graphics, the six-core processor. It's over $4,000.
1: That's one of my favorite things to do whenever Apple announces a new product is I go to their, their buy site, and I just start customizing it with absolute maximum everything just so I can have a good laugh. Because <laughs> you have to wonder, who, who would buy a Mac Mini and do that much to it?
0: Well, you get at the end of the day... An iMac without a display, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. Like the headless iMac. We used to have a thing over at Macworld, and I wrote for Macworld for a number of years. And Dan Frakes, one of their former editors, had this mythical Mac mini tower concept, which I always thought of as a headless iMac. And I guess we kind of sort of have that now. With the Mac Mini, you can, after a fashion, I understand, replace the memory. But you've got to pull out all the subsystems, and you've got to use all those weird screws that Apple designs to make it difficult for you. But you can do that. You can actually replace parts. Not the solid-state drives, just the memory, I think. The solid-state drive is soldered to the logic board. But that's an interesting game. But then look at the iPhone 10s max, which gets to be close to $1,500 by the time you max it out, or you get the new iPad Pro 12.9 inches, a terabyte storage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It gets a little expensive.
0: And I realize Apple is facing the situation where these are products that have been around for a while. Demand is less because most sales, I guess, are to replacements. The markets are saturated. And how do you make more money? You sell them for higher prices or you offer higher price versions at least. But that has to stop eventually. People are going to be resistant to that. I mean, now we don't have proof of this. We have the stories about the supply chain cutting back on iPhones. Of course, that happens every year. November and December. Oh my God, they're unsuccessful, and we're cutting mm-hmm. back. And then you hear the iPhone 10 broke records. So you don't know what's really going on,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah, I the cycle of you know Foxconn cutting back on employees, and you know rumors of, of cut orders from the supply chain. Just as Apple rumors are part of the news cycle, this is a part of the news cycle every single year. And I just, I personally don't put any credence in that because every year we go through this and every year, like you said, we hear about record-breaking iPhone sales. We didn't hear about any records being broken this year, but they still have sold a ton of iPhones and they're going to continue to do so. More than likely, you know, and this is pure theory on my part, let me stress that to no end, I wouldn't put it past Apple to go in, place huge orders to try to lock up the supply chain so that they can make sure that they have enough time on the factory floor and then they adjust down to what they actually need
0: it's also holiday demand which you can only mm-hmm. predict in passing and their guidance for this quarter has a wide range i kind of still feel that 99% of the people who would consider any iphone 10 will be satisfied with the 10r unless you put the oled display next to their liquid retina display, you're not going to see all that much of a difference. Most people are not going to see that much of a difference, not because they're not discerning. It's because they both have great colors and everything else, and the improvement has to require that. Most people don't need the double cameras. And having multiple colors on the 10R, I think that's a sweet spot. And I think, as I said, 99% of the people who consider it would do just as well with that
1: yeah i totally agree it's always a matter of you want the newest nicest but if you're looking for just a a phone that will get you through do everything you need and maybe it doesn't have every bell and whistle the 10r is a perfectly good phone it should not be overlooked and i hope that a lot of people are looking at it
0: and one one deal clincher it has better battery life than any other iPhone.
1: Yeah, and battery life is always such a big deal. I I do not feel that I should be forced to carry around external battery packs with me. When I went to uh, San Diego Comic-Con this summer, about three-quarters of the way through the day, I was plugging into a power pack you know, that I was carrying with me. I was like, this is ridiculous you know no that was not the at that time it was not the 10 i was actually still on the 7 plus but still I, I three quarters of the way through the day and i'm plugging into a power pack and that's just not acceptable to me
0: now consider the plight of those of us who have done ride sharing gigs side gigs like uber and lyft when you run these apps for uber and lyft they're constantly checking your navigation, or GPS system, especially when you have a rider constantly because you have to take the person to the proper destination. You have to know where to pick them up. And that sucks the juice out of any smartphone. So, of course, what I do is rather than keep the packs, I just keep a charging cable in my car and plug it in where it reaches that level. More to come with Sean Ani of TechnoBuffalo.com and they get in the pop culture too on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs>
17: Know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: Question I asked at TechNightOwl.com for this week's commentary Is Apple becoming a boring company because I was watching as you were the presentation of the new Mac mini and the iPad pros and everything. And I thought my eyes have glazed over. I look at this vast list of features, powerful features that mean nothing to anybody unless you're really technologically inclined. The new features for the most part, don't mean a whole lot. If you're a professional artist and you want to get Photoshop for the iPad Pro and you want to use the pencil, I guess your things there, they're compelling. For most people, it's okay. That's good. What's next?
1: I think part of the problem we as someone who has to watch a lot of these types of presentations, I would love for these companies to sit down with an editor and cut half of the stuff that is in these shows. I do not need yet another video of an Apple product spinning in midair while somebody tells me in dulcet tones about how it was made. I, I don't need that. I need facts, and I then have things to do with my life for the rest of the day. And I think that's part of it. But at the same time, yes, I do tend to agree with you that Apple... For everything it does, has also become extremely predictable. We know every fall we're going to get a new iPhone. The iPad's a little bit more questionable about when we're going to get it, but we know it's coming. The the biggest excitement is, oh, the Mac Mini went four years. Yes, that that was the biggest excitement. Oh, it's not dead. They are updating it. But otherwise, there's just no excitement. It's very predictable. This is what's going to happen you know so yeah i do think there is some boredom there now
0: well you see the same thing with cars i mean a lot of us like cars if there is a major product introduction i can see interest but if you know the 2018 volkswagen passat and the 2019 are very much the same with some model designations being a little bit different minor feature updates where's the excitement
1: yeah exactly i i I personally have never gotten excited about cars. I'm just not a car guy, but I can't imagine, you know, saying around going, Oh, well this year it's coming with a, you know, a seven inch woofer in the door as opposed to a six inch woofer, you know? And that's kind of where we are with phones. Now it's, we know every year they're going to get better, but is it really going to be that much to get excited about? I don't, I think the entire phone market is suffering from this because we're still using essentially the same phone design. Yes, you know, we've gotten rid of bezels and all that sort of stuff, but it's still the same basic design since the original iPhone.
0: It's just minor changes. Of course, I should mention with Volkswagen, the 2019 Jetta has in the high-end models a Beats audio system. You want bass, you'll get it.
1: I did not know that, but yes, you're right. That, that When I hear the name Beats, I typically think bass. So yeah, that sounds correct to me.
0: I do have a set of the new Beats Studio 3 wireless headphones here. So it's not as bassy as I expected it to be. I think maybe they've done changes to make the sound more neutral. We'll talk about it when I'm ready to publish my review, but I do have one of those here. I do notice here, so with Apple, is that the way it's going to be from now on? This is a an old company, a middle-aged company with middle-aged executives. And each year, it's the same old, same old, same old predictable stuff. Is there going to be a time where just people don't care anymore?
1: Oh, I think that's definitely, I, I think it's already starting. You know, we don't see quite the same excitement as we used to for every new iPhone announcement because you know okay it's gonna have a better processor they've improved the camera it's probably gonna have a better screen you know what is there to be earth-shattering you know even face id wasn't that earth-shattering you know the basically whenever apple announces a new feature like that the first thought that runs through anyone's mind is okay how can i defeat it they've made a claim you know and I've got to figure out a way to defeat it. That's about the most exciting thing that happens at this juncture.
0: Remember also that face ID, facial recognition has been around. Now maybe Apple has a much better way of doing it. It is not unique. Just like when they introduced Touch ID with the iPhone 5S. They bought a company Mm -hmm. that had already been building fingerprint sensors for the PC market.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you, yeah. I don't, I I think the big innovations in the market right now are going on in the smaller companies. And that's why you do see companies like Apple coming in and buying these smaller companies. I think that finally a technology company gets to such a gigantic size that nobody wants to, even if they come up with anything earth shattering, it goes through so many layers that by the time it gets to the person that can finally say, yes, we're going to do this, someone else has already come up with it and beaten them to market.
0: And, but apple in large part hasn't always beaten other companies to market no they offer a version that supposedly yes. works better
1: yeah th- th- that's why i'm saying i i think that something ha- you know somebody something comes up at apple and it takes so long to get through all the layers of the apple corporation that they are beaten to market you know i i don't think that A lot of the times I don't think that, you know, something we see, you know, when Steve Jobs passed away, they said they already had the next three years of products in the pipeline, you know, which I believe took us through like 2015 or so. So that meant they already knew what was going to be on the iPhone three years out. So that's a lot of time for somebody to get a product similar out before them. And then that just makes it look like that they didn't do anything because it takes them so long to get something out into the actual marketplace.
0: Well, they have very complicated engineering too. And sometimes there are considerations there, but you want to dole out features. So you always have something for next year. I mean, if you put everything in there at once, what are you going to have for 2019? You've got to have something. I can't wait till they find a way to reduce or eliminate the notch okay so if i had the money to buy an iphone 10s max which is a hard to speak smoothly yes (laughs) even if i had the money i get a 10r because i figure it's cheaper keep it a couple of years by which time we'll possibly see the iphone 10 series or the 11 series or whatever they do without the notch i still can't get past that notch i know that Android makers are putting notches in there, and I understand the electronic considerations. But there you go. Is Apple becoming a boring company? I don't know, but when your eyes glaze over. And I've been following Apple since the 1980s. And I still own their gear, and I still like their gear. But I'm as excited now about it as I'm excited by next year's car. I like cars, but I'm not nuts about them. We'll have to see what happens. I want to ask you for a few minutes, because you did go to Comic-Con San Diego. And you do a a heavy emphasis on pop culture. I see you've got a quiz there about the Marvel Comics universe. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about Stan Lee a bit. But has it become a little complicated? I mean, the last... Avengers movie, it got to this blur of everybody killing everybody else and did they really die and did Iron Man die and what happened? We have to wait till the next movie. And at that point, it became overwhelming. What did you think?
1: I actually have a, a very deep history with pop culture. I owned a comic book store for 15 and a half years and I wrote for pop culture magazines. And I, I, we actually have a second website called the nerdy.com, which is all about pop culture. And even as someone who, who's well-versed in all this, I'm sitting around and I'm watching Avengers Affinity War and I'm thinking, how is the average person off the street keeping up with all of this? Because you're right, it gets very complicated. you know. And you know that in the next movie, some of this is going to be undone. Well, why does it qualify to be undone? And at that point, does it take away some of the emotional punch of seeing your favorite characters die because in your mind you're just assuming oh they'll be back in a year when the next movie comes out
0: in contrast with dc comics they've killed off superman a couple of times i want to get into that too the comparisons between the marvel universe and the dc universe in terms of complexities and things sean ani of Technobuffalo.com is joining us i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live
7: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: I'm happy to do pop culture. I know we've done that with Jeff Gamet, who used to be with the Mac Observer. And we have Sean Ani of Technobuffalo.com. And let me just bring back a couple of things. Many, many, many years ago, I think in the 60s or 70s, I talked once or twice with Stan Lee. That's before he became the multimillionaire. And of course, he passed away at the age of 95, not so long ago. In fact, I saw a picture of him with Paul McCartney. Where I guess he was going to come up with a character that uses a guitar as a superpower or something. I don't know. I can't keep up with that. Now, the nice thing, of course, about Marvel Comics is they had all these superheroes with emotional problems. Whereas, you know, with the original DC Comics, Superman has no emotional difficulties. He's all powerful except for Kryptonite and fighting Lex Luthor. I guess Batman did because Batman had mommy issues,
1: right? <laughs> yes, it's funny that you bring that up because I was actually just having a conversation like two days ago about why Batman seems to have the best villains in the comic book industry. You know, Everybody has their archnesses, but Batman seems to have such a large selection of, of horrible enemies that he are all a delight to read about. Yeah, you you could boil it down to he has some mommy and daddy issues.
0: <laughs> well, I saw that particularly in Batman v. Superman, where Superman is being defeated by the kryptonite weapon that Batman mm-hmm. has. A spoiler, folks. And then both of them had mothers name Martha. And then Superman struggles out the words, I got to save Martha. And Batman says, what do you mean, Martha? And he explains, and suddenly they realized they were bamboozled, and they got to work together. Of course, they killed off Superman there, too, and of course, in Justice League, they brought it back. But you see, the thing I don't understand about DC Comics is you have a TV universe with multiple multiple universes, and then you have the movie universe. So you go to Justice League, and you see this nerdy Flash. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes him. And then you see The Flash on TV, Grant Gustin. Everybody likes him. Also, he dances like Dick Van Dyke. And he has this amazing singing voice. But did you see duets, by the way? The episode yes. where they were singing. Oh, that was just great. He is a fabulous singer. And Melissa Benoist played a great Carol King on Broadway. So but the key here is that you do have alternate characters, but the primary character is Flash, Green Arrow, Supergirl, they're bringing on Superman again, and Lois Lane and Lex Luthor is joining them later this year in the form of John Cryer of Two and a Half Men who played Lex Luthor's nephew in one of the Superman movies. How about that, Mapples? The key is, though, is it's a consistent character. You know that's the Flash, and when you see an alternate Flash, you know it's because it's an alternate universe. Okay? That's what we understand. But... Now you have the movies, which lives in a different universe. So you have Tyler Hockland playing Superman on TV, and Henry Cavill, I think he's off it now, but Henry Cavill was Superman in the movies. Two separate stories based on similar origins. How do you do that? And certainly adults understand, but you think of the 10-year-old kid says, Mommy, why is this Superman different than the guy on TV?
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and especially, you know, right now they're, they're filming the standalone Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, you know, but you've got Jared Leto playing the Joker in Suicide Squad, and then you've got a form of the Joker on Gotham. I, you're 100% right. I mean, how do you explain this to a little kid? Well, that's the Joker, but it's not the same Joker, honey, and they're not going to understand that. I I think one of the biggest travesties is the fact that they went with a different flash than Grant Gustin, because he is a perfect flash. He is absolutely note perfect to be Barry Allen and to see a completely different Barry Allen on the big screen just did not make a whole lot of sense.
0: I did like Ben Affleck though. I think he made a good Batman. I think Henry Cavill made a good Superman though. He's more grim Tyler Hoechlin is a much better Superman because he reminds me not so much as Christopher Reeve, but George Reeves as Clark mm-hmm. Kent. has got that twinkle in his eye. I think he reminds me of that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think he does so well.
1: Yeah, I, I think Tyler Hoechlin is a fantastic Superman. And he, he bear is... in
0: mind, this guy is a movie actor, too. I mean, he started in the movies.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think he is a great Superman, and I would love to see more of him on these shows. I, I really wish they would use him more.
0: Also, now they have Lois Lane, who is Elizabeth tullock from Grimm. Mm-hmm. Remember, she's married yep. to the right now to the star of Grimm. They say she's a really good Lois Lane, and we have to see. But they cast the characters, I think, pretty well. John Cryer as Lex Luthor. I don't know. I mean, he's bald. Yes,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like John Cryer generally, but S- S- Luther, I just don't know. Uh, th- that one, I, I'm going to have to see him actually in the park before I, I pass any sort of judgment.
0: That's episode 15, by the way. So we got some time to look it over. And they've got Batwoman coming on this elsewhere's crossover where it's going to be Flash, Green Arrow, and supergirl but they're going to meet alternate versions of themselves so you'll have superman with the traditional red white blue album of costume etc and a black suited superman yep so it's going to be interesting but as i said i don't understand this separation whereas if anything else agents of shield marvel's agents of shield on abc tv it exists in the same universe as the movie version and once or twice they brought on the same characters in that particular case at least you understand if you're watching the movie maybe you're seeing the fallout on agents of shield that kind of sort of made sense
1: yeah I, i think that makes a lot of sense you know i and even if you watch the netflix marvel shows you know they keep referring to the the chitauri invasion of new york and the avengers as the event. And there's been multiple references to, yes, that did happen. You know, and I I think that's great. You know, it ties it all together, but it doesn't make it reliant on one another. And that's fantastic. So to have completely separate TV universes and movie universes doesn't make a ton of sense.
0: By the way, folks, in case you're wondering, Netflix canceled Luke Cage and Iron
18: Fist. Yep.
0: Yep. I've heard a couple of things that were creative issues with Luke Cage, some differences, and Iron Fist didn't do as well, but both, supposedly, the audiences weren't hitting the levels they expected, I guess. Although I like both shows, Luke Cage especially. Mike Coulter playing a great Luke Cage. He played this villainous drug dealer on Good Wife, if you remember. Really, hey, really
1: I've good. I've never watched Good Wife.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a really good show. And Charlie Cox plays an excellent Matt Murdock on Daredevil. Certainly better than Ben Affleck did in the movies.
1: Yes, (laughs) no argument there.
0: So certainly he shows the conflicts and the emotion is a lot about that. But when we look at this back to the DC comics, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about the coming next year of shazam okay and most listeners know my background here i knew one of the key continuity writers for the original captain marvel otto binder back in the 60s and 70s he was also a sci-fi writer interested in ufos and of course i am too and that's why we got to talking he wrote the continuity for a lot of the captain marvel comic books which then became shazam because of all sorts of legal conflicts and also he created supergirl and the legion of superheroes but to get back to shazam i want to talk about that in the next segment with sean ani of technopuffalo.com on the tech night out live
8: (laughs)
20: Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse.
16: Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So, what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck.
20: But I need to
21: know they're good quality.
16: Of course, Sunny Bay. Heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice, and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website, sunshinepillows.com. Or call us 253-678-1361. Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would
20: make a great gift, right?
16: Yes, and they start at just $19, and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at
15: Sunshinepillows.com.
7: We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at Tech Night Owl.com. That's news at Tech Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at Tech slash radio. That's Tech Night Owl.com slash radio. Or
0: subscribe on iTunes. Shazam. Okay. Now, originally, I remember there was a movie serial from 1941, way before I was born, called Captain Marvel. And the actor, Tom Tyler, looked like the comic book character. And you had somebody who was not a teenager so much, but maybe a young man, Billy Batson, saying Shazam, becoming Captain Marvel, and being a totally different personality. But the way Shazam is playing is that 14-year-old Billy Batson acquires the powers of Shazam, gets the superhero body, but he's still the fourteen year old kid inside. It's like big with Tom Hanks.
1: They've been doing that with Shazam for a while now, and I'm not sure how I feel about it either, because you're right. I mean it, it's big, but with superpowers. I'm not quite sure when the change in the the origin happened and the way the powers work, but I know it's been around for at least The last 10, 15 years, that's the way they've been doing it, for sure. I don't get it. I I don't understand it. And it it just seems like I I prefer the old version where he was something else.
0: But the thing you'll see here is as he gets older, he becomes more sophisticated. And he grows into the character, supposedly. Assuming how long this ever goes on, I have no idea how long Zachary Levi will play Shazam. Although he looks the part. He did show us a picture with the real muscles. He has real muscles. I mean, slightly enhanced by the costume, but he has real muscles. He really did bulk up and everything. And he's a comic actor. So it's kind of sort of works like it worked with Tom Hanks. They also pay homage to the Tom Hanks scene in the toy store with the large piano. I understand there is a scene similar to that in Shazam!
1: I, I had not heard that yet, but I I feel, I feel like they kind of have to at least acknowledge it.
0: Now, it's nice to have a lighter character, but the key is here, he has to go up against real serious adult super villains. So will he grow up to become like a Peter Parker, you know, who is now back to being a teenager after being a guy in his 20s in the earlier versions of Spider-Man? Will he become like a Peter Parker? because both are orphans, and grow up on the screen. As we see more and more of these, he'll grow up and become a more sophisticated superhero. And maybe that's the expectation, but I don't know how it works in the comic
8: books.
1: Well, I know at least in the animated uh, Justice League Unlimited series that they did have this version where it was the young kid, even when he was powered up, and seeing him interact with People like Batman to Batman, he's an adult, but he's acting like it made no sense to Batman. And so that that was kind of fun. But at the same time, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they do go to a second movie, how they're going to deal with real life aging. You know, I, I'm not quite sure what their plans are past this first one.
0: It's a question of what's going to succeed. And this may also be overcompensation for the grim approach with justice league man of steel all those movies of course obviously the three batman movies from christopher nolan which came from the dark knight comic book graphical comic books
1: right and we've got aquaman coming up which is definitely using a different color palette and looks a lot more fun than we've been seeing so You do wonder if maybe Warner Brothers is changing things up a little bit here now with the whole tone of the DCEU. Well,
0: I thought getting Josh Whedon on there to finish up Justice League would have sort of done that. But also what killed Justice League is they cut the playing time. There had to be two hours, according to Warner Brothers. And I'm sure there's another 30 to 40 minutes on the cutting room floor that might have fleshed out a very sloppy story
1: that's what we've heard you know nobody seems to have a master list of what was cut or what was changed when whedon came on after snyder but it definitely there were some things that felt like they were missing from that film
0: even worse they had segments of it on youtube including the conclusion where bruce wayne buys a bank to save the kent farm yeah and i like that and i thought that was An approach there where you see Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent becoming pals. You know, Bruce Wayne says, I can afford this. I'll buy the bank so you don't lose your home. Yeah. I thought that paved the way for a lot. I also thought Wonder Woman was great in any sense because it did have a different tone to it.
1: Yeah. No, I I thought Wonder Woman was probably the best film so far out out of all these DC films.
0: And maybe that's one reason why they tried to do a last-minute change with Justice League, and it was too late. Well, if they rethink it and they make it better, fine. Of course, I might be too old for all of this when they get it worked out. Right now, I like the TV stuff. I think Arrow's getting a little bit old. They've got him in jail, Oliver Queen, and we get the same kind of villains, and they're all doing martial arts fighting. Everybody's martial arts fighting with a little bit of magic. So Green Arrow's getting a little tired. It's in its seventh season, I think. The Flash is doing well. A, yes. little bit, a little bit lighter this year. As far as Black Lightning, I think has a special style. I like it. It has a really, really unique style.
1: Yeah, and I think the plan right now is to keep it separate from the other four shows so they can keep that tone.
0: Technically exists in the same universe, but I agree with you.
1: I- Oh, did did they finally? Because at one time they said it didn't exist in the same universe. Uh, Who knows? I Just enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Yes, very much so. And it very much shows kind of an inner city character where the lead actor, the Black Lightning character, is a middle-aged man with two kids. And his two kids are developing metahuman powers, superpowers, and they're trying to cope with it working with him on right. this. It becomes very, very interesting. And I look forward to the future of that. They keep that tone. I think the thing I regret is, especially now, the CW never gets the ratings of the other networks.
1: No, they don't. I
0: know when the Live Plus 7, that's the DVR ratings, you know, it considers how many people saw it on their DVR, 8 is very well rated. The show's double. An audience and the nice thing about it too is if you go to the cw.com you can watch all the recent shows free you don't have yes. to be you don't have to have cable tv a lot of these networks you can watch the show that you missed but you have to sign in with your cable tv id if you don't have it you can't watch it the cw no. it's free buy get the app it's free go online it's free i bet they get a big audience that way they do Ani, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do
1: well for all the technology needs you can head over to technobuffalo.com, and that's where we're talking about apple and facebook and everything else and if you want to learn more about pop culture we do have a second site now called the nerdy which is the nerdy.com and over there we're talking movies and television and comic books and toys and all sorts of pop culture items
0: seanani thanks for joining us on the tech night out live
1: thank you
10: Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
12: For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. A major scientific report has been released by 13 federal agencies on climate change. The report paints an almost doomsday scenario, predicting more catastrophic storms, droughts, and wildfires if immediate steps are not taken to slow or stop global warming. The Trump administration decided to quietly release the report on the world's weather and its effects on things like hurricanes and wildfires – both which have cost this country in particular lives and money. The report says these kind of disasters will get worse. Reporter Eric Rosten of Bloomberg News.
7: It was written by 300 or so scientists, about half of them employees of the federal government, another half from universities and, and uh, other research institutions.
23: You're listening to USA Radio News. 716.
17: what are you listening to the tech night I'll live with gene steinberg what's going to happen next you never know
0: so we have jeff gammon of the mac observer joining us and before we get started with the tech stuff and we have of course that apple event coming on the 30th of October. I want to get into pop culture because he says he's behind because he has to do real work. You did see the film Justice League though, right? I did. Yes. What did you think? It, it was okay.
21: It, it was certainly better than Batman versus Superman. And, uh, and I really like Wonder Woman. So uh, it was great to see a Wonder Woman movie where they had other characters with her.
0: Well, certainly we understand that Josh Whedon took over the project after Zack Snyder supposedly left because he was mourning his deceased daughter, although some say he was just fired. But apparently they had to have that film come in at two hours. They couldn't let it go for yeah. two and a half hours like the other movies. And supposedly they truncated the plot so really good scenes Left, you know, and remain it on the cutting like room floor.
21: It it felt like stuff was missing from that movie.
0: Yeah, it felt like you go into the bathroom for ten minutes to shave, and you come back, and you didn't see that part of the movie.
21: Yeah, and that's that's why I would love to see a director's cut of Justice League.
0: There are rumors of a Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Because supposedly the mm-hmm. Ray Fisher, who did Cyborg, says they filmed lots of stuff that wasn't shown. They filmed almost enough for two movies. There was going to be a Justice League 1 and a Justice League 2. Mm-hmm. But in the wake of this, what's happened is Henry Cavill apparently is out as Superman. Yep, I've heard that. And Ben Affleck, or Affleck, is out as Batman. Hmm. And my wife said good in the background. <laughs> she doesn't like Ben Affleck as Batman. Understand, it's Batman in his late forties. I think he, I
21: think Ben Affleck played a really good older Batman. It's it
0: it was a believable older Batman to me. If Batman's going to be old, that was the way to play him. On the other hand, why did it have to be that way? If you're going to have Superman as someone just getting started in the superhero business, why not have? a Batman who was younger, to work with him. It didn't that make sense, sense except to write the role to fit Affleck.
21: I felt like that was part of it. They, they were writing it for, for Ben Affleck. And I think the other part of it was that since they were adapting the Dark Knight miniseries, the Frank Miller Dark Knight, uh, Return of the Dark Knight, and it's an older Batman fighting Superman, I think that they kind of uh relied on that too
0: much well at the end of the day like i said it seemed like most of the film but big parts cut out another half hour 40 minutes i think would have made a difference and might have made a difference at the box office okay so Mm -hmm. we don't really know what dc comics is going to do about the movies now and that might reflect decisions being made on the tv shows from the cw which are doing decently well Mm -hmm. So there's another Wonder Woman movie being made. The Flash movie with a different Flash than the Flash that's on TV. Pushed out. Pushed out. Next Mm -hmm. year, we have Shazam. And Shazam Uh is being played with more younger audience overtones because they have young Billy Batson, age 15, becomes Mm -hmm. Shazam, not Captain Marvel anymore, which was the original name before lawsuits came in. Shazam, he'd say Shazam, he'd be Captain Marvel. But they can't call him Captain Marvel because of Marvel Comics and copyrights and such. So the thing is here, the big thing about the superhero, the new version of Shazam, is that it's basically Billy Batson in a superhero's body. It's not like a totally different person. And therefore you have, it's like Big, the Tom Hanks film, where this young guy is in the body of a 38-year-old man zachary Mm -hmm. levi and most of those muscles are real by the way the ones you see in the trailers most of those are real because he shows you a picture he worked out hard to get there Mm -hmm. and he's a good comic actor so that's part of it but that's part of it there the charm supposedly is this young guy learns to be an adult as a superhero how to function as a superhero and he does very dumb things at the beginning then later on supposedly does less dumb things so they're going to try that next year and see how that works and then we have the second wonder woman movie Mm -hmm. and then the flash has moved out a couple of years but now changes are made in the dc comics on tv so for example at one time you couldn't see superman show up in supergirl in the first season you had just a shadow of somebody he's a present He's a presence. He <laughs> sends instant messages to Supergirl, but you don't see him. Then they hire Tyler Hoechlin to be Superman for season two. And guess what? He's really good. He plays a really good Clark and uh-huh. not as goofy as the Christopher Reeve version, but that's the Superman you like. This guy is, you know, he's quick with the quips. He's not suffering from all sorts of emotional baggage. This is the Superman you remember. And he's going to be back this year. The first season of Supergirl, they had Lucy Lane. This year, they have Lois Lane is coming to, to the series during the crossover. They're going to have Lois Lane there, played by the lead actress from Grimm. Oh, okay. Remember okay. her? Bitsy yes. Tulloch or Elizabeth Tulloch? I think that's how they pronounce it. Tulloch or Tulloch? I thought it was
21: Tulloch, but... but
0: Elizabeth Tulloch is going to be Lois Lane, because they talked about Lois Lane. Now we have Lois Lane. Guess who's going to be cast next? Lex Luthor.
21: Oh, wow. Okay. That's good. Having Lex Luthor show up.
0: I like that. And we have to see how he reacts to the two people who play his mom and his sister. So that's going to be interesting. Some people want... What's his name? Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville? Oh, right. Uh huh. Because uh-huh. he's about the right age. And I really liked his Lex Luthor. Yes. He's the right age now. He's, in fact, he's yeah, 46. He's the right age. He's a good actor. It, however, even though they've had people in the past who have played on other genre shows in Supergirl, this would be the first time the guy who played Lex Luthor does it again. Who would play Lex Luthor? So that's the big cast. That's going to be a big rating, Simon. She's got Superman, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor. Why do you need the movies? you have Lois Lane now? So why do you need the movies? Well, they have Wonder Woman, of course. Of course, they have Wonder Woman back on Supergirl 2, only she's the alien president of the United States.
21: Are you oh, staying with me now? That's right. That's right. I remember Linda Carter but was on a Supergirl too. Yep. You know, I think DC should stick to television. They, they do the TV stuff really well. And, uh, and then let them make animated movies, because they do those really well, too. And then stay away from the live-action superhero movies. Except right, but the
0: Batman movie. movies that Chris Nolan did were pretty good. They did very, very so, well at the box office. Except I could yes. not stand the Batman voice. I think they needed to make it more like the Batman voice that Affleck uses ah flack uses excuse me <laughs> yeah yeah the whole uh oh,
21: i am batman sort of thing was uh kind of weird
0: you see at least with adam west he sounded the same okay and speaking of anything with superman when bud collier played superman on the radio he used a different voice he had clark Kent speak in a higher pitched voice then mm-hmm. and he say, "Hi, this is Clark Kent, now no, I am Superman." You see, well, Christopher Reeve did a little of that in yeah, separating Reeve, the characters, but I felt like you didn't see did it in any other thing. Superman presentation. Yeah, I felt like like Christopher Reeve.
21: What he did was more uh, uh, make Clark Kent sound uh, insecure and make Superman sound secure, Th- so
0: you know and confident. We got more to come with Jeff Gammon off of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
6: Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey clean water. The Berkey guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653.
15: GoBerkey.com.
20: Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself. then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I
4: haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart and body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call
20: to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com.
17: What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know.
0: So as you say, yes, they'd make Clark Kent to be, you know, very insecure, very goofy, and they'd make Superman, well, he's Superman... I think they overdid it. I think they overdid it with the comic book stuff like Otis, the uh, henchman for yeah. Lex Luthor. I thought that Gene Hackman made a fine Luther, but his dialogue was way, way over the top.
21: Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they had to start somewhere and figure out what was going to really work for the superhero movies. And that first Christopher Reeve Superman movie, I mean that, that really opened the door, so that we could have everything that followed. And yeah, the the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor, th- there was a little bit over the top, a little bit too too campy, but uh, it was still fun. Otis, I could have done without.
0: Right, and that's played by an Academy Award nominated actor too. You know, mm. that was the one thing they did there. They were able to show you could take a large budget, A list actors, and put them in. A superhero movie and that was the trend followed much later mm-hmm. you know you have Gary Oldman you have Christian Bale in Batman Begins things like that and mm-hmm. they did the same thing with the X-Men series for the Marvel comics have a list actors go in there and play key roles and they'll spend 200 300 million dollars on those movies it made sense but we agree that Christopher Reeve began You see, when they did Superman on TV with George Reeves, no relation, because George Mm -hmm. Reeves wasn't his real name, they played it modestly straight in the first year or two, then they made it more goofy, but they had like a dollar and a half for special effects. Right. So they couldn't do very much. They had very ridiculous special effects because they had no budget. In fact, they paid everybody nothing or scale or hardly much more in scale, except for George Reeves, who was one of the best paid actors in tv and he did a lot for
21: the whole superhero genre as well i wonder if we could have had our 1966 batman if george reeve hadn't been superman first
0: Well, maybe but the thing is here there were two batman movie serials in the 1940s mm-hmm. and the costumes were horrendous you had straight b-movie actors in there and they played it fairly straight with Batman on T V it was just all the way. They took comic books to the extreme because comic books could not be serious. They had to be goofy and wacky and over the top. It wasn't until, you know, we had the success of Spider Man and Marvel Comics characters where you show that just because you're a superhero doesn't make you perfect. You still have your other problems. Like if you're a teenage superhero, you still have the pimples and the problems with girls and such or boys, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the CWTV, they're playing it fairly straight, although they've gone back with Flash to make it a little lighter, more comedic. The other ones are played pretty straight, and of course Arrow is grim. It's kind of like Batman. Mm-hmm. It owes a lot to Batman Green Arrow. And they make it grim. Supergirl is down the middle and everything. And I'm curious to see now that they're bringing in characters you didn't expect them to bring because they were from the movies to TV, how far are they going to take it? The next thing is to say, okay, we'll do a Superman TV series. I'm wondering if they're going to,
21: because they they already have a great actor playing Superman.
0: Well, they have to get him free from his other commitments. He's a working actor. He does a lot of work. He's not just doing three or four episodes of Superman. Yeah,
21: but we're talking about an industry where if you really want to make a TV show happen, there's money that, that can move around and then that TV show can
0: happen. I was going to look at Tyler Hockland, what he's currently doing right now. And he's just a perfect age, of course. He's now, what, almost he'll be 31. And I'm looking at his credits here and he's in a TV series called Another Life. I never heard of that series of you. No, I haven't. Okay, and he's in a movie called Can You Keep a Secret? And I could see possibly where they come up with a Superman series, but then how does that compete with Supergirl? I guess they put it on a separate nights so you can watch both. They're not going to put them together, then one is playing against the other.
21: That's exactly what they could do. I, they could have a superhero week, essentially, on CW because you have Supergirl, Green Arrow, Flash, and then Superman. And then they could still do crossover things like they're doing now. And Legends and, of Tomorrow. Oh, I forgot Legends of Tomorrow. There you go. You, ha- you have a whole week of shows right there. But they won't do Wonder Woman because she's
0: doing so well in the movies.
21: Yeah. Uh, and I think Wonder Woman, at least for now, that property is better served on the big screen.
0: But you know, the big mistake DC made was to have two superhero universes.
21: Which Marvel
0: won't do, even though Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't been a super performer on TV. It shares and exists in the same universe. So they can occasionally, and they haven't done it much at all, they brought Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury on, Mm -hmm. at least refer or bring in people from the movie universe. I think in terms of superhero shows with DC Comics, they do mention that Superman did kill General Zod. It's mentioned on the TV series, so they share that. And I think, ultimately, the best way to do it is to have one universe. That's I agree. And then if you make an occasional movie, but it's the same actor. How do you accept Grant Gustin as the Flash and Ezra Klein as the Flash? Totally different approaches to the character.
21: Yeah, it it feels to me like what they wanted, DC for their movies, they wanted to have a Spider-Man. So they brought Ezra in, and he's the Peter Parker Spider-Man sort of character, but it's Flash. It was okay in Injustice League, but I think I'd have a hard time with a whole
0: movie of that. Well, maybe they realized that, too, because they've had several writers, producers, directors. You know, we'll leave that where it is. Superheroes, we look forward to seeing the casting of Lex Luthor. And now mm-hmm. we do something else called technology. Have you heard of that technology? That, that sounds vaguely familiar. What kind of technology? Well, we're going to look. We have, of course, Apple's media event in Brooklyn. Hey, we're going back to my old hometown in Brooklyn. Huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, we're going to do that. Yeah. I could do that, by the way. I'm from Brooklyn, so I can get away with, with doing a bad Brooklyn imitation because I'm from Brooklyn.
21: Okay. And I am not, so I so I will not even try iPod and Mac, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this media event that's coming up on the thirtieth, what I'm expecting is that Apple is going to devote the whole event to the iPad Pro and Apple Pencil. So we'll be getting new versions of both. I think if we do get new Macs, that will be a separate press release, and it won't be something that they actually cover during the media event.
0: Kind of, sort of, like the way they introduced the 2018 MacBook Pros. Yes. Okay, but what they could also do is just very quickly, at the end, oh, but, you know, here's the Mac, because if they don't do that, they are accused of not caring about Macs. So you got to have something about the Mac at that session. They're going to be accused of not caring for the Mac no
21: matter what they do. They could roll out new Macs at the event, and people would still say they don't care about the Mac because they're unhappy with the specs of whatever these new machines would be. And they would say, Apple, just toss that out there to appease us. Uh, Apple could totally do that. But my Jedi instincts are telling me this is going to be an iPad specific event and any new Macs will just get a press release, and that'll be that.
0: Okay, maybe. I thought, though, if they included Mac as part of this, they would have a two-minute segment on the upcoming Mac Pro. Coming in 2019, the new Mac Pro, and give us a little bit of a hint. I mean, they've said that making a new Mac Pro, it's not a secret. That's true. We could get an update uh, on the Mac
21: Pro, but honestly, I'll be surprised if it does ship in 2019. I think it's coming in in 2020.
0: Why would it take so long? Well,
21: first we have the, the information about Apple doing these, these uh, polls with a lot of Mac users to find out what they want in a new computer. We also have the news from Apple. That they are deep into a lot of the different markets where pro Mac users are, where, where they're, they're they're basically embedding themselves in with people, so that they can learn how how pro Macs are used, and then we also have what what I think is going to be a big part of
0: this, which is a processor change. More to come with Jeff Gamut I'm Gene Steinberger. And the Tech Night Out Live.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
2: Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget.
20: Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55. But with treatment, it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases, reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website, fightblindness.org, where i found so much helpful information. Or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today.
7: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: So we're talking here about what we might expect from Apple and the Mac, whether or not it's going to be part of the event on October 30th. And you were saying jeff gamut
21: and i was saying i think that apple because they they've been doing this thing where they're embedding their people with pros that are using Macs right now to learn how they're being used because they're doing the thing where they're sending out surveys to to mac users to see what features they need what sorts of things are doing with the computers I think those are are big hints that Apple is still figuring out exactly what the machine needs to be. But then we also have the the whole thing with Adobe announcing Photoshop Creative Cloud for the iPad coming in 2019. That means a full version of Photoshop, like desktop Photoshop, running on Apple's A-series processors. And I think this is Adobe working in conjunction with Apple testing out their pro app features on the processors now that eventually versions of these processors will be in max so i i think apple's custom processors are coming in 2020 that's
0: the current prediction by the way that apple moves to the a-series processors in 2020 and 2021 and as and you say by adobe doing pro. this working with apple which of course is what they said at that That meeting with Phil Schiller shows up that Apple and Adobe, and we know Apple and Microsoft are closer these days because Microsoft is only too happy to sell everything for all platforms. Mm -hmm. They announced the Mac and PC version of Office at the same time for 2019. What does that mean? It means that they expect you to have a similar experience with both. Maybe Mm -hmm. the Windows version has more apps, but the basic Word excel powerpoint functionality should be mostly the same for both platforms because microsoft likes that so we can see microsoft will enhance its version of office for ios but they have experience with that already so working Mm -hmm. with those processors is not going to be a big deal for them the only thing that i keep asking about this if apple is going to go a series processor and i mean your mac might be a bit cheaper because apple doesn't have to pay so much money to intel Mm-hmm. but it's a possibility what happens with virtualization can apple emulate intel with a super fast chip where it won't be much slower maybe that, that's a really good question
21: and i've thought about it too it's possible that apple could do something like have um uh, a series processors in all the Macs, but the Pro, desktop Pro Max also have an Intel processor. So you have this whole co-processor thing going on, which lets you run a wider range of applications and not have to do
0: the processor virtualization to run Windows. And understand these A-series processors cost, what, $20 to make? They're much, to... much cheaper than mm-hmm. Intel processors. Much cheaper. Now, I would expect an A series
21: processor for a Mac would cost more, but it's still going to be significantly cheaper than buying chips from Intel.
0: Or they could have the Intel coprocessor strictly for machines to do virtualization. It wouldn't be the fastest Intel processor, just an adequate one to give you that capability. Or Apple licenses Intel instruction sets, they pay a check and they can do the Intel instruction sets with the a series processors
8: yeah.
21: so yeah there are options open to Apple so we can still have good virtualization
0: in terms of emulation obviously for older apps Apple knows how to do that already we don't even have to think about that I think Apple by the way they're writing their operating systems and the fact they're already cross-platform in the sense that iOS and macOS are kissing cousins or brothers, sisters, or whatever, mm-hmm. it's no big deal for Apple to engage in this processor switch. The first step being the coprocessor, being the systems on a chip on the MacBook Pros, on the iMac Pro, probably the next iMac, and certainly on the Mac Pro. That's a huge step towards making this a possibility. Look, right now it takes over low level functions and it takes over everything.
21: Yeah, these are all things that are telling me that the Mac Pro is not coming in 2019.
0: Apple I still don't see that. I don't see that a lot of stuff. I don't see that yet. I st- well, still think Apple could do it It may not have until the summer. Well, okay. So,
21: so if I'm wrong, then you can you can have me on and
0: call me out for it. How's that sound? Listen, they call me out for lots of things. Okay. I'll call you I'll call you lots of things, but nothing that can't be sent on radio that works for me okay no i'll take that prediction that the mac pro be another year i kind of think at this point apple has made the promise and i think the mac pro promises a lot more than just it's a lot more than a charging dock
21: yeah (laughs) yeah i and i'll be surprised if we if we ever get that uh that air power charging dock i just it, it feels like that just isn't coming together for Apple.
0: I don't see why not Apple can do all this other stuff. Why can't they do that?
21: Well, it's because what they want to do is more than, than uh, a charging pad, wireless charging pad for three devices. They, they have this vision of what it needs to be far beyond that, and I don't think that, that uh, the technology is there yet. And I think they found, found that out the hard way because they announced the product and now they actually can't make it. I could be wrong there, but I'm not holding out any hope to, for seeing that, uh, that air power charging pad anytime soon.
8: Well,
0: I don't care. How about that? I don't care. Let's just go back to the last introduction because we haven't had you on in a few weeks. Did you buy a new iPhone? Or new Apple Watch. I bought the new Apple Watch,
21: but I did not get the new iPhone. And the the reason I didn't get the new iPhone was because I got caught by the the whole thing with the annual upgrade plan from from AT and T, where they let us upgrade early for the past couple years. And this time they decided, nope. All those early upgrades, we're tacking the time on now. So it, it turns out that my annual upgrade plan is uh, I, I can't upgrade until spring. So I decided, all right, I'll just keep the iPhone 10, play with my friends 10 plus whenever they get them, and uh, and call it good. But the Apple Watch Series 4. I upgraded from a Series 3, and I am really happy that I did. I, I am very pleased with this watch. The, uh, the bigger display, I didn't think it would make that much of a difference, but it's it's quite a difference. It's substantially faster, even though my Series 3 was. It's uh, uh, It has the better speakers, so it's easier to hear when I'm not using my AirPods. And the microphone is better, so I just have better audio quality all the way around. The fall detection is a nice add-on. And I'm looking forward to when Apple can turn on the, the EKG, excuse me, ECG uh, heart rate monitor
0: feature. And I'll, I'll use that all the time. Now, when it comes to ECG, I saw advertised on television the other day a standalone device for $100 just for that one function so having something as part of a 400 hundred dollar watch well it's got lots of other things it does right
21: and it's it's great because it's always with you which means that if you're someone that's having some sort of heart uh, or other cardiovascular issue where this data can be really valuable instead of getting a reading every few weeks if you're going to your doctor every uh, day if you are using one of these standalone devices, you can be taking readings throughout the day. So you can have
0: uh, hundreds of readings over a month for your doctor. Let and me I give you that's... an interesting example here about that. Uh-huh. And we'll go into that in our next segment with Jeff Gamma of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. <laughs>
2: That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S
17: dot com. Extendivite, a seven-herb combination made from garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite feeds our body with the right nutrients to keep us healthy. Just listen to what Arthur has to say. I was just calling to tell you what a great product you have.
8: I had used this about, oh, 10 years ago after I
5: had congestive heart failure. And it fixed me up and got me going for the last 10 years.
0: Lately, I've been having hard trouble again. So I placed another order because
13: this was the only thing that ever worked. And I just wanted to let you know that you have a great product.
17: To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life
8: with Extendover.
24: everyone proactive md has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping proactive md with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts today for just $19.95 we're offering listeners the three-piece proactive md system with free shipping plus a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush get this exclusive offer by calling now 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. You heard right. Proactive MD, plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now, 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. Again, go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO.
6: Anytime.
0: On the Tech Night Out Live, Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg, and we're going to talk about ECG. Now, ahead of having major surgery, my wife had a pre op exam at her doctor's mm-hmm. office, and she took an EKG, which is the other version. That's the one they stick all the probes on your body. Mm-hmm. And she used a, a body lotion, and it made it kind of difficult to get the thing to stick properly, get those little probes to stick properly. So what happens here, and we think that's the reason, her reading indicated that she possibly once had a mild heart attack, which, of course, she has not. She's never had a heart attack, and she's taken EKGs before, never a problem. So she goes to a cardiologist, and the cardiologist is more, shall we say, proficient Mm -hmm. at putting on those probes, and there's no problem she did not expect there was a problem it was an error on the part of the operator now if you have this little probe it's not going to be as wide-ranging as the ekg it's like a subset the ecg she'd be able to take that and look for the key symptoms without having to worry about it Mm -hmm. and wouldn't have to go through all those silly probes on the other hand if you're getting anomalous readings then of course you can alert your doctor if it's consistent And I see where the Apple Watch has come into its own here, where I guess at the beginning Apple didn't know quite what it's going to be. They have a $10,000 edition because they want to think if it's possibly jewelry. And then they realize health and fitness, and that's where the Apple Watch has become the number one best-selling watch on the planet. The problem is still the same. The battery life isn't long enough. When you buy an expensive watch, you expect to have it for 10, 20 years. An Apple Watch, two or three years, it's gone. Right. And for some people,
21: they won't hold the watch even that long. Now, of course, for me, it's my job to have the new products. So I've had every version of Apple Watch. And I have a lot of happy family members because they now have my previous Apple Watches. But yeah, for most people, an Apple Watch will be at least three years between upgrades. And for uh, for a regular watch, you may buy one buy one watch and have it for 10, 15, 20 years. Not so with an Apple Watch.
0: Quite different. Does that justify spending $400 for, for one? That's a difficult question. Obviously, it hasn't hurt sales so far. Apple reporting, even though they don't in- release specific sales, they report double-digit growth it's the number one best-selling watch in the planet who could have thunk it yeah well a lot of a lot of watchmakers
21: didn't think it would happen but uh, but here we are for me i look at apple watch as this really useful wrist top computer and information system that also has a watch in it
0: and it's interesting i bet today's apple watch is far more powerful than the earlier iphones It
21: is. And actually, the screen resolution on the current Apple Watch is much higher than the original iPhone. So even though it's a tinier screen, you you have more usable space on an Apple Watch screen than you did on the original iPhone.
0: All on that tiny, tiny device. And remember here, what's happened is that Apple continues to produce these things continues to do major upgrades they do uh, but i'm with you on the watch or excuse me
21: the battery part i would love to see battery life on this more than a day and i know a lot of people with series four saying they're, they're going two days without thinking about charging but for someone like me who who would like to use a device like this in the back country it's uh, it's an urban device still, because I need to have three, four, five days battery life, and, uh, and what I really have is one.
0: Supposedly, the battery is slightly smaller on the new Apple Watch, but the efficiency of the hardware makes the difference. Am I wrong? Now, you've got that right, and
21: it's... It, it's clearly working because I've noticed that my new Apple Watch does go longer with its charge. Uh, so, but by that, I mean at the end of the day when I put my watch on the charger, there's still a lot more power in the battery than I had compared to my Series 3. So instead of having, say, like like 20% battery left at the end of the day, I have 30
0: or 40%. And, and that is significant. Well, it guarantees a full day, which I think okay. helps. Obviously, new battery technology and better, more efficient chips might help. Apple continues to look for different types of display technologies that might use less power. That might also help. We have to see what future Apple Watches are about. I think Apple Watch, when it went to LTE, began to hit its stride in the third generation. Mm -hmm. and now adding ECG and other features. And the walkie-talkie, so you can say, hello, Dick Tracy, hello, Dick Tracy. You see, they finally did that. You know, and the funny thing is, most of the people that will use that feature
21: have no idea what the reference is to Dick Tracy. But there it is. And actually, I found the walkie-talkie feature to be really useful. It's not just a a little gimmick for me. A a lot of the, the messages that i have going back and forth with people that previously involved me either stopping and pulling my phone out and typing or or uh trying to dictate to my watch they've become really fast uh, voice messages back and forth it's it's
0: surprisingly efficient i'm looking for the next generation apple watch when it becomes something that will take over your entire brain the apple watch true ai where you can push a button and then the whole screen fills the void above you
21: i i can see where a lot of people would buy that really fast
0: Only $370,000 for each one. Apple doesn't do that. People say Apple makes exclusive devices, and then they realize some people pay close to $1,000 for a Samsung Galaxy Note 9 or more. But then Mm -hmm. again, Samsung doesn't sell much of those things, do they?
21: Uh, Doesn't seem that they sell on the scale that iPhone and iPad do.
0: No, I mean, Samsung may sell more units than Apple but Samsung's making most of its profits from selling components to Apple
21: yeah that that's a pretty good gig they have going for themselves
0: yeah that is that is interesting but that's always been true it's just that Apple finally finally got that vibe after all this Mm mm-hmm I mean, Samsung and Apple shook hands. They made their settlement. No more fighting. And in exchange, Samsung makes lots of money. More to come. I'm the Tech Night Out Live.
9: You are listening to GCN.
6: Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey clean water. The Berkey guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We know you've had dragon's breath in the morning, but you've got to experience dragon's breath at night. Wolf Hill Ammo's Dragon's Breath, an incendiary shotgun round in 12-gauge, 20-gauge, and a 410 with an amazing muzzle flash and a fireball that launches up to 125 yards. Pure fun to shoot. At Wolf Hill Ammo, we love shotguns and offer the best specialty shotgun ammo on the market. Visit wolfhillammo.com to see our large selection of specialty shotgun ammo at great prices with flat rate shipping. Wolfhillammo.com.
12: For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. A major scientific report has been released by 13 federal agencies on climate change. The report paints an almost doomsday scenario predicting more catastrophic storms, droughts, and wildfires if immediate steps are not taken to slow or stop global warming. The Trump administration decided to quietly release the report on the world's weather and its effects on things like hurricanes and wildfires, both which have cost this country in particular lives and money. The report says these kind of disasters will get worse. Reporter Eric Rosten of Bloomberg News.
7: It was written by 300 or so scientists, about half of them, employees of the federal government, another half from universities and, and uh, other research institutions.
23: You're listening to USA Radio News.
25: The digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free. To everyone who texts UP77 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting UP77 to 88988. That's UP77 to 88988.
17: What are you listening to? The Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Oh, no.
0: We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, so obviously you kept your iPhone. You got a new Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. Do you need a new Mac?
21: I'm okay for right now, but that's only because my Mac is is pretty new. I, I have a Touch Bar MacBook Pro, but there's a lot of people that need a new Mac, and I think Apple really needs to get some new
0: Macs out on the market. But is it at all correct that the reason Mac sales are flag is because of the lack of new models? I mean, this summer we had new MacBook pros. That's the biggest selling model, right?
21: And we saw a spike in sales. I think if Apple were to roll out new Macs more uh, frequently, that we would see this decline in Mac sales stop, and we'd see an increase again.
0: Or at least distribute the updates throughout the year. So we had the notebooks in the summer, this fall, maybe we'll have iMac, maybe a cheaper MacBook to replace the Mm -hmm. MacBook Air. We'll have something like that, maybe even a Mac Mini. Do you expect to see a new Mac Mini?
21: I don't know. I, I would like to see a new Mac Mini. But we're at, what, four years now? Is that is that right? Really four years since they've done a significant update to the Mac Mini? They need to do something for that. Price. That was not an update. That was a downgrade. Yeah, okay. So the last time they did a real change to the Mac Mini was about four years ago. That part of the market, that that's something that Apple needs to address. I would love to see an updated uh, basically completely redesigned at this point, Mac mini that's modern and powerful and yet still in that, uh, in that lower price range. Matter of fact, I'd love to see it on the 30th, but I don't know if we will.
0: Well, of course, we also have to face the fact that here, Tim Cook has said they love the Mac mini. You don't love a computer you haven't updated in four years without the intent of making a new version
21: yeah in this case i'm thinking the term love is being used inappropriately because this sure feels like a neglected product not not something that's getting love
0: i kind of think there'll be a new mac mini i think it'll be more like the hp mini workstation where it will take on more capabilities have more processor upgrade possibilities start fairly cheap but you can make it much more expensive it'd be a way of getting a really powerful headless computer without having to go and spend for an iMac or an iMac Pro this is going to be for the rest of us
21: man i would love if that's what apple did with the mac mini What HP has done with their compact desktop computers is really impressive. And it should have Apple embarrassed right now because of the Mac Mini. They need to do something that that makes the Mac Mini modern. And I would love to see it as a device where you actually can pop it open and you can do upgrades to the thing. But I don't know if Apple's going to go that route. They they really love having the computers sealed up. And what I'm wondering is if they'll give us a, a reasonably powered computer that's sealed completely, but has Thunderbolt 3 ports, so you can expand it through plugging in stuff on the outside, and then save the true expandability, being able to open up the case and add new uh, peripherals and add uh, more memory, things like that, that will end up getting safe for the Mac Pro. But that's what, kind of what I'm thinking right now.
0: It will not be the mythical mid-range Mac mini tower that a N- certain former writer for Mac World magazine envisioned. I would love to see that, but I don't expect to see that. Well, this could be the closest thing to it. It wouldn't be a mini tower, it'd be a compact computer, Probably the same size as the current Mac Mini because they can do so many more things there. And if Apple can put in a really interesting cooling system, maybe an entry-level Xeon.
21: Yeah, totally an option. And if you have Thunderbolt 3 on the computer, that means that you can do the external expansion card chassis. You can do the, the external GPU boxes you can make the computer really powerful but you're going to have a lot of cables stringing off of it to make that happen
0: apple wants a future generation of these products to be totally wireless in the sense that peripherals could be connected wirelessly and still retain their throughput that
21: would be cool but i don't see that happening anytime soon uh, especially if you're trying to to drive a high-resolution 4K, 5K display, plus have uh, data going back and forth from storage devices and uh, dealing with other peripherals, I think we're still in a world where cables are going to be necessary for power users.
0: So will the new Mac Mini, if it comes, be fundamentally an iMac without a display or a top of the line macbook pro without display
21: i'm i'm thinking more like uh like an imac without a display at least that's the path i hope they take
0: well that's what i hoped the mac mini could become but of course it ended up being what a macbook air without a display so it really didn't go that far and maybe apple look at the wrong market or allow the market to find itself and now they know what they need to do to make it better do you think there's going to be a version to iMac Pro yet? Or is there even a new Xeon processor to put in there? See, those things don't come out as often. Yeah, they don't come out as often. But there have been enough
21: changes in chips and other components. Apple could do an iMac Pro upgrade or refresh with faster processors. And that would be really nice to see. Because are we a little over a year now since the the, uh, the iMac Pro came out. It's, I can't remember. Or I guess we're at about a year because it was December. So yeah, we should, we should get a new iMac Pro. It's, it's time.
0: And I read about this new 28-core Intel Xeon, a new generation of those. That's the Mac Pro processor. Don't you think?
21: Yes. If Apple were to release a Mac Pro soon, that's what should be in it
0: question for Apple is when soon. I still think at this point, if Apple moved the Mac Pro to another year beyond 2019, nobody would believe them.
21: Yeah. Apple's in a, in a very bad place right now with the Mac Pro. I, I don't think they can deliver the Mac Pro that they want in 2019. And pushing it out to 2020, I think that it's going to be hard to uh, find a market for that computer. Because everyone will have
0: moved on. They have to come out with something really, really good and upgradable this year, no later than this coming spring.
21: I, I agree, and I don't think it's coming this spring. They're, I don't think they're going to hit the deadline that you and I have.
0: I don't know. They've been supposedly working on this, what, two years now? Two and a half years? Why can't they?
21: Well, if, if they're going the path that I think they are, where it's their own processors instead of Intel chips, they, I don't think they can do it
0: in 2019. But the next Mac Pro doesn't have to be that. It could be using Intel Xeon processors. It could.
21: Uh, I think that would mean that Apple is developing two Mac Pros in tandem. And they very well could be. I mean, they've got essentially all the money in the world, so it's not like they can't afford to develop two brand new Macs uh, in parallel. But I don't know if that's what they're really doing.
0: Every Mac that's out there now has been developed in parallel. Apple can do that and buy a couple of countries on the side. Yeah. Yes, they could. Yep. I have no doubt, whatever, that Apple can do something like that. And that would represent no problem. More to come. Final segment on the Tech Night Out Live.
9: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
0: As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low cost plans put your sites on high performance SSDs. Wanna know more about what Dreamhost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host
17: you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg you never know what's going to happen next
0: i'm here with jeff gamut of the mac observer after a brief discussion at the beginning of pop culture The changes in the DC Comics universe, we've gotten to iPhones and the Apple Watch and new Macs. The iPad, we now are going to have coming next year, a full version of Photoshop on the iPad. So Mm -hmm. is the iPad going to be kind of sort of what we've been envisioning, which is it's going to be narrow screen bezels. It's going to be face ID. It's going to have a notch, I guess.
21: I don't think it'll have a notch, but, but I think you nailed the, the overall design. I think it's not going to have a notch because there's enough of a bezel that uh, there, there'll be room to fit everything in, uh, especially because you won't have the speaker for your ear like you do on an iPhone. So get rid of that, those extra little hardware bits that you have to have specifically for a phone. And I think there's plenty of room for the camera and sensors, so no notch on the iPad Pro, thinner bezels, no home button, so it'll use Face ID just like the iPhone 10, 10s, and 10R, and it will have, I'm guessing, the same little uh, receiver thing that the 9.7-inch iPad has now, so that you can use an Apple Pencil or well. Currently, the Logitech Crayon without actually pairing, you just tap on the screen with the stylus and, and go. I think we'll have something like that. And, and I think that will be one of the features of the new Apple Pencil is that you don't have to pair it to use it. You just start using it. And I'm at the point now where I'm believing the reports that the iPad Pro will have a USB-C port on it instead of a lightning connector and will support external displays up to 4k
0: that will be the first generation proof of concept in the ipad to show that they can have a mac powered by a series processors oh absolutely
21: because at that point basically what apple has done is created a touch interface computer that they could call a mac if they really wanted to but it needs to be called an ipad
0: It's the first step. And I think the first A-series equipped Mac will be one that has, that's a smaller form factor, one of the low-end MacBooks to get things started and then move up the line. The key again, of course, is virtualization, how Apple wants to address that.
8: Mm -hmm.
21: Apple's a very clever company. So the virtualization thing, they'll figure it out and they, they will probably work with companies like Parallels to make sure that it's, it's a thing that actually works.
0: Apple could also license technology from Intel, pay them a check. With the understanding, look here, when you get the plants to fabricate our seven nanometer chips, we'll use them. Yeah, that's been a real problem for Intel,
21: getting down into, uh, into smaller fabrication sizes. So, if, yeah, if Intel can get down to that seven nanometer area, I, I could see Apple using them as a supplier. For now, though, for their custom stuff, looks like uh, TSMC is the place they're going.
0: And TSMC gets a seven nanometer. Samsung has it, too, now. I think they've got it working. So Apple could go to Samsung to make chips because Apple and Samsung are friends again. Or at least they're happy to do business with one another yeah i I think the word is frenemies yeah but you see with microsoft and apple they're closer because right now microsoft is happier to extend its key online platforms and work with apple on that but i Mm -hmm. agree with samsung but samsung is not making a huge amount of money from its smartphones
21: i i think that they have a really good reputation as a parts supplier Uh, But in some markets, their reputation is a wee bit tarnished for the products they're making.
0: Looking at what Apple might have, anything you think might be a surprise? So one more thing.
21: Well, okay, so we already know everything about the phones because they've been announced and they're either shipping or or in pre-order stage. The big surprise that I think Apple could drop on us would be more information about the Mac Pro. Because I think we've pretty much figured out what the iPad Pro is going to be. And uh, we have good ideas of what Apple is doing on the the new laptop area. So Mac Pro, if Apple wants to give us a big surprise, it's going to be there.
0: All they have to do is show like a two-minute video. Coming soon, the next Mac Pro in 2019. Don't have to deliver a date at all anything mm-hmm. else left for apple to introduce certainly not a mini version of the HomePod. no it's way too early for for that
21: i think apple eventually will do something along those lines but not for a while there modus operandi is to make a product saturate the market to you know to whatever extent that they feel is appropriate and then they go to a lower price point and they work on saturating that area and then go down again the perfect example of this is the iPod because that that's exactly what they did they started high and then slowly added in lower tiers and i and i think that's what we'll get with the home so eventually we'll have a little mini speaker microphone HomePod thing. But it's not coming at the end of October,
0: and uh, it's not coming this year. And with the iPhone, however, they've gone upscale because the market is saturated. How do you get more money? How do you increase profits? You need to get more bang for each buck. Therefore, if you know you're going to sell a consistent number of iPhones year after year with a minor change... Make them more expensive, although I think Apple with the iPhone XS Max, that's about as far as they can go. But then they said last year with the iPhone 10,
21: And other smartphone makers are pushing their price points up as well. While I'd like to think we've hit the ceiling on smartphone prices, I don't think we've really hit the ceiling on smartphone prices.
0: Remember that there are other $1,000 smartphones out there. Maybe they sell two or three of them, but they exist.
21: Mm-hmm. And I think we'll, we'll see more $1,000 smartphones over the next year. We'll see the luxury
0: smartphones, they'll that, kind of creep up in price over time, too. Doesn't sound creepy to me. Jeff Gavin, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff
8: that you do.
0: Well, you can find me, along with a lot of other
21: excellent writers, over at macobserver.com. And if you want to see what I'm doing, what I'm working, and sometimes away from work, that would be Twitter. And I'm Jay
0: Gamma to there. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. That's me. You know, I have two different accounts there, Tech Night Owl for this show and the Powercast for that other show. You also find me on Facebook. Look for Gene Steinberg, the guy with the red plaid shirt. It's not the newest picture in the world, but it's real and it's me. We have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week we'll be talking about former rock and roll star Tom DeLonge and the To The Stars Academy for Arts and Sciences and all about the new stuff about UFOs in the past year and the Pentagon UFO study with Miguel Romeo, who calls himself in his blog a red pill junkie. Don't assume any connection other than the fact that this guy is smart. And he has lots of interesting things to offer. To learn more about the PowerCast, go to Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. And remember, the best way to support the Tech Night Now Live is for you. To sign up and subscribe to the Tech Night Now Plus, where you get a version of the show free of the network ads. And we cut it right off the master recording so the audio quality is better. It's not going through a couple of generations like the normal podcast version is. We also kill, as we say, the network ads. No network ads on there. So it's 41 minutes shorter of excitement. And the only way to subscribe is to join our forums and upgrade your membership. To check it out, go to plus.technightowl.com. Once again, that's plus.technightowl.com. Again, it is the absolute best way to support this show. The best way to support this show, Join. Tech Night Owl Plus. Jeff Gamut, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. It was wonderful as always, so thank you for
21: having me on. The
14: Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.